0: Amen. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord praise one more time. Amen. I'm I'm not sure if Randall, did you have a testimony, Randall? Why don't you come on up and share? Yeah. Amen.
1: God bless you. Hallelujah. Um, You know, I I wish I would uh, I, I meant to have a a visual up here for you, but I just wanna talk about the goodness of God, that, that you, you, you'll you never know what God can do in a person's life. Someone who seems hopeless, someone who you just would never think would amount to anything. Come on, I've been there. So sometimes, you know, people don't believe in you, people see you, they're like, oh man, they're not gonna make it, they're not gonna be, no. man, there was, this, there was this person, I wish I had to, I'll show it to you one day, his name is Eddie. I mean, you probably remember him, he's a Puerto Rican guy. I mean, this brother was tore up. I mean, he was out there on the streets, he'd be at Vons. Man, he was all over the place. One time I remember the Englewood police actually dropped him off right here. And he, he, and they said, hey, do you know this guy right here? I was out front like, yeah, man, he was in the back seat. They said, man, can you do something with him? <laughs> can you please get him off? Because he was really against the police. He always wanted to fight him. And so the cops, they were like, man, get this guy before he gets killed, you know what I mean? Because he's always battling with the police. And I remember he just came here to the Super Bowl event. It's a trip. The Super Bowl event, he was real dirty, filthy, and hungry, all sticky. And, you know what I mean? I remember he shook Pastor Kevin's hand. And he thought, Pastor Kevin thought he didn't want to let go, but he was that sticky. He was like, oh, brother, you know? We didn't think, man, I'm serious, this brother was in and out of the home but you know what uh i called him i called his sister because he came up and like man whatever happened to him you know i called his sister left his sister a message and then he called me hey randall what's up this is eddie i'm like what's going on man he said man i'm out here in florida orlando man florida man i'm doing good i'm like what what happened Man, he said that he usually, like, how he get his money, he'll wait for the liquor store trucks to deliver. And as soon as they raise it up and go in, he'll run. <laughs> he'll grab some liquor and run, and, you know what I mean, and, and take off with the liquor. So he said, this time, man, I, I peeped him across the street. And as soon as he, the liquor store, uh, as soon as the truck raised up and he went in the store, he ran across the street. And as soon as he stepped off, a car hit him 50 miles an hour. Bow! flew in the air in the hospital for six months. He was tore up and that's when he cried out to God. He said, you know what, God, this is it. <laughs> I can't take this anymore. And he cried out to God and you know what? Today, man, that brother's in Florida. That brother's a barber working in a shop. He got married, a kid. I mean, this brother is looking good. I mean, he's about to buy a house with him and his wife. And then he even told me, hey, Brother Randall, my boss gave me tickets to the Super Bowl. I'm going to the Super Bowl. From being sticky back here, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? To going to the Super Bowl. Man, I just want to tell you, I just want to encourage you, man, that anyone you see and you know what it opened my eyes man i'm I'm, I'm searching the scriptures on this i'm working on a message about there's something about that because i'm searching the scriptures um i i remember it was about when the king uh uh anyway <laughs> i just want to tell you it opened my eyes it made me see people different a whole nother light. I, I was at after that happened i was at the gas station and i seen a, a right here i seen a brother on century looking destitute and I looked at him I gave him some change I said you know what brother you have a talent in you that God has placed in you that'll get you out of this rut man you are very talented there's something in you that God placed and you know he looked at me he said man thank you And so, I don't know, with that, I just want to encourage you, man, to look at people who are downtrodden and homeless. Because one day, they may be up here preaching. And, (laughs) you know what I mean? One day, they may be your boss. They may be your leader. You never know. That's why we have to stay humble and praise God for his grace. Amen? God bless you.
0: Hallelujah. Yeah, we were here at the building yesterday, and... uh When Randall sent me the picture of him at his wedding, I could not believe it. As I remember that guy, I told Randall, I I thought he had elbow-length gloves, you know, these black (laughs) gloves, like, what are those? You know, sticky gloves. But it was just filthy hands, completely filthy. And, oh, man, I was so blessed to see that. You know, God is powerful. God is able. Amen. And uh, and hopefully, it, it was part of that... Thing that helped confirm where I'm going to be sharing uh, today from the Gospel of Mark in chapter 2, verse 5. Uh, I, was, uh, I was privileged to, to speak about this, uh, one of the first things I shared at my Bible study there in Lenox. And, uh, Amen. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and I'd like to share this story uh, with you today. Mark chapter 5. I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse 5. And I'm reading from the New International Version. I'll, I'll read this little verse, and then I'll kind of explain the story to you. But it says this. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Father God, I pray this morning that you would speak to us. We need a word from you. We need to hear from you. So help me to communicate your word uh, clearly um, and um, with with uh, my God with an understanding and an anointing father let your word fall upon uh, upon good soil that it may produce fruit we thank you this morning in Jesus name and God's people say amen, amen. we've been talking about growth spiritual growth this month growth for the year uh, we're talking about growth and very many different aspects, but particularly spiritual growth uh, in this month. And, uh, and so coming to this passage of scripture, I couldn't help but to notice uh, something about these friends, these, this, the friends of this man. Here's a, a man who was, was paralyzed with one of the uh, authors or a couple of them describe it as palsy whether it was cerebral palsy or whatever the form of it, in their various forms, but he was paralyzed. He was a paralyzed man. And his friends brought him to Jesus, carried on a mat. When they got to where Jesus was, there was no room in the house. There were so many people there. It was, uh, you know, maybe a Bible study taking place. It was packed out. They couldn't get into uh, Jesus from the door. So they climbed upon the roof and they dug a hole and lowered the man down to Jesus. Now, now this is a common picture for many people, the way that we come to Jesus. Now, the particulars are different. There are different circumstances around how we get there. But many people come to Jesus this way, where there is some kind of obstacle that keeps you from him whether it's our own obstacles, that we're not ready for Jesus. Or there are mountains of whatever those mountains might be that keep us from Jesus, things that separate. But here is a man with no access to Jesus. On his own, he would have never reached Jesus. In fact, we don't even know if he wanted to come to Jesus. But it was people of faith, people consumed by faith, Spiritual friends, compassionate and determined friends who carried this man into the presence of the Lord. And and when I see this, this, what a fascinating story. There are people I'm sure that we know right now, this very minute, who could be here this morning. Who could be here, who should be here right now, worshiping together with us serving together with us and the only thing that stands between them and jesus is the faith of a friend someone who says you know i am willing to go the extra mile to get you to jesus i'm willing to do what it takes to get you if i have to fight to get you to jesus you know sometimes for some people the only thing that stands between them and, and the lord is the faith of a friend who do you know they can't get to Jesus on their own. Who do you know right now who, who's blocked or obstructed by some obstacle, some thing, whatever it may be? It, it could be something psychological that they're fighting with and uh, they, they just can't seem to, to, to get around in their mind this idea that I, I need the Lord. Maybe it's social, a lifestyle, a way of being, a reputation that they feel that if I come to Jesus, this reputation, this, this lifestyle, this, this whatever it may be, man, it, it, will, it will violate this way that, that I've been living. Could be spiritual. Could be, you know, mountains of addictions or mountains of fear. Or mountains of doubt that keep those that we love from being right here with us worshipping with us laughing with us fellowshipping eating and as I understand there's plenty of real good food today I think Christina was telling me you know uh, you know uh, that that the food is so good that she she says you know you have to pray before we eat this you got to make sure we pray I said don't we pray every week before we eat yeah but this is special They should be fellowshipping with us. People we know that should be there with us. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, tells us that the kingdom of God, and this is Jesus telling us that the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing. And the violent take it by force. And this means that the old regulations of getting to heaven, the old way, the, the common way that people were used to accustomed to to get to heaven are are, are being violated that people aren't coming to heaven that way anymore and, and for Jesus it was perhaps you know Jewishness um, you know it was probably you know offering certain sacrifice all, all kinds of regulations and things that kind of set the standard the criteria for making it into heaven Jesus says that the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing; it has not slowed down but people are getting in a different way it's it's like he's saying that they're breaking into heaven can you imagine that climbing in breaking through windows picking locks they're finding a way into heaven not in a bad way not not in an evil or bad way, but in an urgent way. An urgent way. Man, we need to get to Jesus. We need to get there. We need to get our family there. We need to get our friends there. And there are people who carry the burdens of their loved ones. Man, this, this for me, it, this is heavy, man. They, they feel for their friends so much. They love their friends and their family so much, just like these guys who are willing to carry the one they love right to the feet of Jesus. And it's when he saw their faith. Did you see that? When he saw their faith, when he looked at them and saw their faith, the way they fought for a friend, that he did the work that he did in the life of this man. He looked at their faith. Their whole objective was to bring this man into the presence of Jesus. And, and obviously, it wasn't possible in any other way. There's no other way this guy was going to get there. And, and what Jesus saw was not the disease, that's not what he saw. It was not the years that this man spent incapacitated. He didn't notice that it it was not the palsy the uh, cerebral palsy or whatever kind of of condition that this man was dealing with that's not what he saw it wasn't the, the fact that he suffered it wasn't the fact that he could not walk he didn't see this man's pain or sorrow or his longing in fact he didn't even necessarily even glance at the man on the mat the bible says that when he saw their faith the faith of his friends the four who carried him friends who believed god for him who risked destroying somebody's roof to get him to jesus you might be able to do that in capernaum but you do that in inglewood man digging through somebody's roof you hear Ch-ch, you know what oh no we can't see jesus today you know <laughs> we'll come back another time right those who stood by him urgently responding because of the needs their friend has. You know, what a fascinating story. I mean, think about that. And Jesus never even had to look at the suffering man. Sometimes what Jesus sees is the faith of other people, those that gather to prayer for someone they love, those that remember them. That write little notes to themselves. Remember to pray for so and so. Just just remember and and take them to Jesus. Not not. And it's good to encourage the person. It's good to go to the person themselves and say, Hey, you know, I'm praying for you. Uh, you know, uh, I remember you and I'm, I'm I I love you and 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 just show their concern to the person. But what they did is not just to say to the guy, Hey, hey, we're with you. You, we can go to the store for you. We can and that's good. He needs that. But they went to Jesus. In fact, they took him to Jesus. That's what they did. They took him. And when he saw their faith, man, Jesus moved to meet this man's need. Sometimes what he sees is the faith of friends and uncles and nephews, the faith of brothers and sisters. Sometimes Jesus recognizes the faith of children for their parents. Right. Parents and grandparents who are concerned and praying for their family members. And he sees the faith, the determination, the struggle that they carry with them. This burden. Man, you know, we're going to we're going to take this man. We're going to bring him to Jesus. We'll dig through the roof. We're not going to we're, we're not going to give up. We're not going to stop. We're going to we're going to make sure that you get to Jesus. That's what he saw. He saw their determination, the faith that they enacted for somebody else. The Bible says that he saw their faith. Their faith refocused his attention. He was there giving a Bible study. And if you were to read the same story in the other Gospels, there were were important people there, you know, the experts in the law, uh, you know, some of the the spiritual leaders, and and Jesus is there teaching and teaching it would seem to make sense that he wouldn't want to be interrupted at an important time. It could be the turning point for some of these people, the turning point for some of the the, the leaders of Israel. But they refocused his attention from preaching to the crowd in front of him to this man being lowered in front of him. And he turned and he looked at the man, the friends that did what they did, And when he saw the faith that they had for this guy, we don't even know if this guy wanted to be there. We don't even know. This man never says a word in the story about about his healing. He never says a word. We don't know if he was even conscious. But his friends had a passion, a burning passion, to get him to Jesus. It's faith like this that leaders have for their members. It's faith like this that parents have for their kids. It's faith like this that husbands have for the wives and wives for their husbands, I hope, right? Faith like this that friends have for friends. Those who grow up spiritually, and we've been talking about growing up spiritually, who have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, they find ways to bring their loved ones at the feet of the cross, right? Relentlessly, persistently unstoppable. Man, we got to get you to the Lord. And if I had friends like this, man, praise the Lord, I'd be like, thank you, Do You see me? You know? If you had friends like this, imagine friends who struggle and fight to do all they can to make sure that you were whole, that you were complete that there's nothing lacking in your life, that what they may perceive as being a, a, a challenge for you, they're constantly going to the Lord, God, I, I see this, I love, I love my, my brother, my sister, I love uh, you know, my children, I see uh, you know, so-and-so, I see them struggle, I see them struggle, God, and I want you to, to move in their lives. Can you imagine that? Friends like that, family members like that. And Jesus notices their faith, right? Their passion and concern for you is so great that Jesus notices your faith and he touches them. The Bible says that when Jesus saw their faith, he moved to meet this man's need. And there's so much more to this story that, oh man, I, I, you, you gotta read it, you know? There's so much more to it. He, he tells a man, your, your sins are forgiven, which is huge. That, that's salvation. To have your sins forgiven, that's salvation. And and that would, for Jesus, that would have been enough. That would have been been it. For the man, that would have been enough. That's eternity of being forgiven. He didn't even heal the guy. He says, your sins are forgiven. It was the other people who doubted. They said, well, who who is this that thinks that that he can forgive sins? And he said, well, just to show you that I can forgive sins. Get up and pick up your mat and walk home. And the guy jumped up, picked up his mat, and walked right out. He had, a, he had trouble coming in, but no trouble leaving that place. Amazing story. Amazing story. Man, fascinating story. It's remarkable that all the Gospels agree that it was their faith that Jesus saw, that there's no mention in any of the Gospels whether this man himself had any faith at all there's no mention of it what Jesus noticed is the faith of friends and I wonder if we have faith like that this is this is the faith you see in home directors it's like Randall was talking about a moment ago that man that that see people and they don't see them in the condition that they are right now, but have faith for them. No, I see you as something more, something different. And we believe God for something different. And God notices your faith for those that are broken, those that are are on the margins of society. That's amazing. Imagine what this might mean. Imagine the possibilities for those we love and care about today, this morning. Right? Right? those that we can present to Jesus, those that are broken and lost, that can't make it to Christ on their own. Here, these men didn't make any appointments, right? They didn't call up Jesus and make some prior promises. You have him promise or, you know, uh, you know promise that when we see you and, and when you start seeing roof shingles and things fall down, that you're going to notice us. Can you promise us that? Can you sign? Can you confirm that, you know, you'll take some time... They had none of that, no appointments. Let's just get him in the vicinity of Jesus. Let's interrupt the Bible study, right? Find a way, violently forcing their way into the kingdom. They put this man right in the face of Jesus. We can do that. You can do that. And if it wasn't for them, this man would have remained in that condition for the rest of his life, right? Had they not been there to help, Had they not been present, had they not loved their friend this much, he would remain that way for the rest of his life. I bet there are sons and daughters who can do this for their parents, for their uncles. I bet there are people who can do this for their their friends and family. Wives can do this for their their husbands. We can do this for our co-workers to bring them into the presence of the Lord. There are many other stories in the Bible where, where Jesus healed people at a distance. But not here they brought him right before his face so let me let me just leave you with with a couple of suggestions this morning just things to think about number one faith does not require consent doesn't require they didn't go to this guy and say hey you know we want to bring you to Jesus we have your permission to pray for you do we have your permission to ask God to change your whole worldview, Do we have your permission to pray that God would heal the burden you've li- lived with for so many years? They didn't ask his permission. It do- faith doesn't require consent to pray for somebody. This man was on a cot, on a cot or a mat. He was a, 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 a non-participant in this whole event. he he did nothing He, he was like a bystander in his own healing they didn't ask for his consent he said nothing did nothing there was no contribution on his part he's just there for the ride and it was the faith of others that transformed his life it was the faith of others that jesus noticed you don't have to ask those that you love and care about those that you want to see transformed. you don't have to ask their permission Faith does not require consent. Number two, faith is never idle. It's never idle, always expressed by action. It was James who said that faith without deeds is what? Is dead. It's dead. It doesn't exist. If you say you have faith, but you're not doing anything, you don't have, that's not faith. You don't have faith. You might have uh, some dreams maybe, daydreams not even night dreams night dreams are better than daydreams I don't you know what whatever it is you have it's not faith if there are no actions associated with it faith is always recognized by action Jesus saw the actions of those who cared for their friend and he moved into action himself so faith is never idle and thirdly and lastly faith is never Constrained by restrictions. And simply what I mean is that it doesn't matter how big the mountains are, how impossible the circumstances may seem. uh, Faith is never, never constrained by the restrictions that are before it. When I saw those images yesterday of of Eddie, I I was so, it, it just totally, totally blew me away. I couldn't even believe it. I was in shock. This man, this guy sure does look like Eddie. He it sure does look like the same guy, smiling and happy, wearing a tuxedo at his, at his wedding. It just, I could not believe it. And I thought, man, God is awesome. And right there, as I was sitting looking at the picture, I just began to worship the Lord. This is why we do what we do. This is why we participate in ministry. This is why we invite people in to, to the presence of the Lord. This is why we worship. This is why we do evangelism. This is why we do what we do. Faith is never constrained by restrictions. It may have been easy for these, these friends of this guy to say, you know, we can't get you in there. You know, it's, it's all, uh, it's, it's full. It's packed out. You know, there's no way to get you in. It would have been easy for them to say that. It would have been easy for them to say, hey, you know what? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try and catch Jesus in, his, in the next town. You know, two towns over. We can't climb through somebody's roof. There's all kinds of things they could have told him. But faith is never restricted by obstacles. If you dare to believe this morning, act on it. Act on it and let God do the rest. Amen. Praise the Lord. Will you stand with me this morning? Yeah, this story tells us that when Jesus entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. So many gathered there that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, They made an opening in the roof above Jesus. And after digging through it, Lord, the man, Lord, the mat, the paralyzed man was lying on. In verse five, it says, when Jesus saw their faith. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Father God, I thank you. That you've revealed yourself here in this story as a God that responds to the faith of friends for their friends, family members for their family members. You reveal yourself in this story as a God that is willing to move on behalf of those who believe for others. Oh God, the possibilities this opens up for us. Because we have loved ones. We have friends and others that we've prayed for, that we're believing God for. There are those that we see on a daily basis bound by mountains of, of addictions, and those who have found themselves incarcerated by the kinds of things that that are not willing to set captive free. And so this morning, Lord God, we are heartened. We are encouraged by this story to continue to believe, to have faith. Faith that we take into action. Faith that we'll do all that we can, that will not give up. A relentless faith to bring those we love to Jesus. We thank you this morning, Father God, do a work. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know this morning perhaps there are people you know that that need the Lord. Perhaps you may see yourself as as like one of these four that carried their friend to Jesus. Not only did they carry him, but they did the work of digging through, they fought, they struggled, they uh, they, they confronted obstacles, but they did not allow they did not allow uh, you know the the restrictions and the mountains and the obstacles to stop them. If that's you this morning, you say, you know what man God, I want you to use my life, Father. I want to be the kind of person that brings others, those that that find it difficult, those that people have given up on, those that seem distant and far away. God, use my life to bring others to Jesus. I have family members and friends I have co-workers, I have people that I see standing at the end of the freeway, I have people that I've prayed for in my car, prayed for when I I go down in prayer, those that I see in my family, those that struggle, that seem like they are so far on the margin, so far out of the reach of the Gospel, that it seems as though they will never give their lives to the Lord. Father, use me. My God, let me not give up on those, my God, who are struggling, Father, because you notice the faith of friends. You notice the faith of those that care for others. Use us this morning, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.